glory. I wonder what happened to the younger prodigal. Luke 15 doesn't tell you, it just says he entered the feast. He got the robe and got the ring, got the sandals. Went in and started eating. You know, he got saved. Got saved from himself. Got saved from his own soul and he entered the Father's house and he started developing his spirit by feasting. Oh, I know because I've been doing it for 20 years. <sighs> I was a younger prodigal just like that kid. Way worse, actually. Way worse. They didn't have meth back then. I used to be a meth head. Started smoking meth when I was 15 years old when I worked at Wendy's in Whitefish, Montana. The manager of the Wendy's in Whitefish was a meth dealer. <laughs> he wanted to get out of there early and so he'd, he'd give us meth to work faster. And oh, Hallelujah. I, I can't lie to you, we had a lot of fun. But it was incredibly demonic and got me so deep into drugs and eventually the occult and eventually I died. <laughs> oh, I completely died. I died so much that when I came out of the grave, I remember seeing my mom at the first time I went to church after I died and it was Redeeming Love Church the end of October or something like that, 1999. And uh, they had Ruth Heflin there. First time going to church. My mom said she didn't even recognize me because I had died and then I'd been raised from the dead as a new creature. My whole countenance changed. Oh my goodness, I remember going from just being a joyless dead person to having so much joy, it was stupid. I mean, like being a total angel, like a feeling like I was floating and levitating all the time. I'm only 18 years old, you know, but I was completely already dead in sin to the point where I just lived in a black cloud. And the black cloud just, poof, got annihilated by the white cloud. The black cloud, I know, today is Mount Sinai, the law of Moses. That's what condemned my sin and killed me. You know, you sin so much that you literally die, and unless you cry out to Jesus, you physically die. You can die spiritually, then you can die mentally, and then you can die physically. The Bible says when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge, they died, but then their bodies lived like 800 years after that, according to Genesis. Because the Father only sees it as his interaction as the living God with your spirit. And if your spirit is not energized with his spirit, you're dead to God already, even if you walk the earth. And even if you're doing stuff and have a family, like, you're dead. That's why it's like raising the dead is just common salvation. Common. Getting born again is being raised from the realm of the dead. Everyone born of his spirit is raised from the realm of the dead, 100% of the time. So, I love David Hogan. He's one of the most influential ministers in my generation and in my life and spiritual development personally. After I became a full-time inner-city missionary in 2006, a brother from North Central University, my alma mater, handed me two CDs with like 400 different sermons of David Hogan, and I started eating it just all day, every day. That's what the Holy Spirit prescribed right when I started full-time ministry in 2006 and 2007. And 
all the dead raising stuff, all the power, all the faith, all the courage, all the bravery. What it is is the apostolic, you know? And it's just apostolic meat. Just putting it in, putting it in, putting it in. And then the more apostolic meat, the more apostolic grace that you feed on your spirit after you're born again, you know, like the younger prodigal son entering the father's house, what do you think he was eating in there? You know, might have been eating some David Hogan sermons. You know, he really was. He was probably eating the words of the cloud of witnesses and the men and women of faith, and that's what makes you stronger. It's true. You're eating the words of the apostles and prophets. You know, everyone in the Bible that has a book was an apostle or prophet or priest or a king or a judge. Okay, you're reading the words of men and women that walked with God in holiness and in holy light. And as you've taken their words, which is their ministry or their bread, what they are as spirit beings, as living beings, as living souls, is imparted into your spirit. That's iron sharpening iron. These words are written down by men and women of faith so that your faith could grow to be the largest of the garden plants. Amen. I mean, anyone whose spirit has developed has always helped others because they can see clearly what's going on in the garden, the two trees in the garden. And if you're not building up people's spirits, I mean, you're a fake and a phony and a fraud. You're part of the kingdom of hell. Because the only thing that destroys the works of the devil in the earth is those building up people's spirits by feasting. It's true. Any Christian ministry that's not spiritual from the Spirit, if anyone's born again, they're one spirit with the Lord, it is written. Anyone that's not ministering the Spirit and a spiritual mind through a mind control of the Spirit is ministering witchcraft. It's true. Witchcraft is the abilities of the flesh. Righteousness is the abilities of grace. Righteousness is grace. Wickedness is the carnal mind trying to control and shut down the freedom of grace, the abundant life of the holy child Jesus. To this day, most soulish ministers shut down the holy child Jesus because he's too wild, he's too unpredictable, you know? He's much more like an Italian race car driver than he is like Pope Francis. Or, you know, you have to get a grid for how irreligious Jesus is. He's not just free. He was violently attacking religious people constantly in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because that realm of anti-Christ, anti-freedom is the realm of the kingdom of hell. That's the only thing that's opposed us since we were saved, to go back into bondage under the law and submit to the abilities of the flesh and not continue our development of our spirit in the abilities of grace. Understand? That's the only thing Satan tempts you with after you know the truth. That you get into some truth that has no freedom in it. Some truth that has no abundant life, no oil, no light, no favor. The fallen angels have completely enslaved the Christians to steal all the favor from their spirit life and use it for the wicked in Babylon the Great. People don't believe me, but you're about to. Babylon the Great was built by bewitched Christians whose spirit life was stolen by the fallen angels. 
in cahoots with the sorcerers of Babylon the Great. So when the Bible says, restore the fortunes of Zion, it's saying, restore the fortunes of my spirit life that have been stolen by the religious, the hypocrites, that have built up cities and nations and have kept the true holy people of the Most High God, their slaves. Oh, it's true. Wow. You know, we read about Babylon in the book of Daniel. What happens when Babylon falls? The book of Revelation says, Babylon the Great will fall. If you don't know what world system you're in right now, clearly you are in Babylon the Great. Clearly, you are the people, the multitudes. You're the champions. Many of you that have been around getting discipleship and feasting for a long time. But the multitudes will begin to come out of Babylon into Zion, out of the black cloud of hypnotism and lies and all of the world system of lies of Satan and his angels into the truth of the spirit of grace and they'll know him in his brightness without veil and mirror his glory. Countless multitudes. Multitudes beyond numbering, it says in Revelation 7. Who are these multitudes beyond numbers? These are those who come out of Babylon the Great, that come out of the Great Tribulation. The pressure of the external realm versus the pressure of the manifesting sons of God. Two trees in the garden, two pressure systems colliding. Internal, external. The external is Jezebel, the internal is Elijah. Okay? Elijah is represented in the river. John the Baptist was the Elijah that was to come, it is written. Jesus Christ, he said that himself. John the Baptist was the Elijah. And what did the Elijah, the spirit of Elijah do? Got him in the river. Got them in the river. Where's the river? In you. John 7:38. out of your belly flows rivers. What are these rivers? Grace. So the fallen angels don't want your souls to wake up to the divine royal power within the Christian race. That's actually what Freemasonry is, the enslavement of Christians by bewitchment and using their spirit life to build cities and nations. Truth in you. They're all master builders. I've dealt with many of them. And if you want to take back civilization, you can't avoid Freemasonry. They have built every first world nation for the last 500 years. Spain, all Europe, all Australia, all New Zealand, all the Americas, all the world has their sorcerers. All nations have their warlocks in partnership with the realm of the grave. And in the grave is all Satan and his angels. Death, Abaddon, Apollyon, Hell, Black Cloud, Sinai. And all of that realm will now be annihilated into the lake of fire by the manifest sons of God. <laughs> it's true. That's the point you're at now in the Great Awakening and in the timeline of God the Father on earth. You're in the timeline of the manifesting sons manifesting the white cloud that removes the black cloud. Amen? Black cloud, flesh. White cloud, spirit. Sinai and Zion. Law and grace. Old covenant versus new covenant. Now people have a problem with that because this is like some strong meat for the mature. But what it really is, is people practicing Mosaic law, sorcery, in partnership with fallen angels to put people under a yoke of right and wrong and do's and don'ts. Put them back under, I mean, it's the same Judaizer spirits that Paul dealt with that caused all of his churches to go apostate. You know, he calls them dogs, the group of the circumcision, the Judaizers. They were warlocks, sorcerers. These were the sons 
of Satan trying to get you back into the realm of the flesh and the abilities of the brain. Not to lose you to the Holy Spirit and the realms of freedom and the realms of grace. Grace fulfills the law, but it destroys the law. You know, like the veil's been torn. That was the destruction of the law. Who would put the veil back? Liars, sorcerers, murderers, thieves, warlocks and witches, religious people, drug dealers, bartenders. That's what puts the veil back. People that put sin back on your soul after you're saved. And it's not even a veil. It's just a black cloud of a seared conscience of grave clothes of sin that can easily just be washed off any time you realize the glory. The glorious springs and rivers of power that raises you from the dead or removes the dead from your spirit so your spirit can be free from the snare of the fowler. What's the snare of the fowler? The cage and the prison system are the boxes that the fallen angels and the sorcerers, typically the rich, have put you in. The ones manipulating the mass media in every nation right now. That's not even the truth. That's to manipulate you. Media in the world, except for, you know, some reliable sources maybe on the internet, but most of it is just the rich and the sorcerers lying to the masses to control them as their peasants. Oh, it's true. It is true. And is it a conspiracy? It's, yeah, it's clearly a conspiracy. Conspiracies written in the book of Revelation. His potent magic spell deceived all nations. That's his greatest conspiracy of all time. How Satan and his angels were able to deceive, the Bible says, even hundreds of years after Jesus died on the cross and gave us his spirit, deceive the whole world by his magic spell. This is the man that deceived the whole world, Ezekiel 28. This is the man that deceived the whole world, book of Revelation, the red dragon. The magic arts of the red dragon, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the soul. And that after you're born again, there's no development of the spirit, no feasting. That's the only prescription Jesus Christ and the apostles gave in the New Testament after you're saved, is to feast and drink gluttons and drunkards. Not on the natural realm, on the kingdom of heaven, on revelation, on his presence, on his new wine. If you're not feasting into your spirit, you're going to be anemic, powerless, weak. You'll have no armor on, no overflow of strength from his might to deal with the sorcery of Babylon the Great. And so an angel will come around that's more powerful than you because you haven't learned to feast and you're into some kind of strange fire in your soul realm, and you will always go into captivity in Babylon until you're strong by spiritual feasting. Teresa of Avila said, against spiritual feasting, there is no virtue of temperance. There's no such thing as self-control when it comes to spiritual gluttony, spiritual drunkenness. What's the drunkenness? This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink it whenever you remember me. You're drinking the Holy Spirit. The cup of the new covenant is that Jesus loves you so much, He's given you His presence and His power, His favor and His anointing without measure, as long as you can drink it and not go back into the soul realm under the Judaizers, which is under Mosaic law, which is the abilities of the flesh. Bewitchment. Amen. 
He's setting the nations free from the law. The people of grace are rising up, and the, the liars and the nations that have manipulated you using the law of telling you what's right and what's wrong, they're losing everything. Have you noticed that? They're losing everything in America. I mean, they're, they're going to lose everything worldwide. But I'm telling you, this is the season we completely kick the devil and his sorceries out of our regions by manifesting springs and rivers of grace. What is grace? It's the holy oil and it's the holy light. What is the holy oil and the holy light? The grace of the Lord Jesus with our hearts. What does it do? It burns in us with the holy light of the kingdom of heaven. And it really does get you so high. I mean, even in drugs, oils, you get into the oils of different drugs, that's the most potent form of that drug. It's all counterfeit for the, for the holy oil of Jesus, the oil of joy. He has anointed us with the oil of joy beyond our fellow kings, it is written. Once you start getting into the oil, the holy oil, and your heart starts burning, and you understand the plumbing of the new covenant temple of your body, that you have the same exact situation as God the Father does going on. He's got a body, he's got a soul, and he's got a spirit, right? Trinity. You got a body, you got a soul, you got a spirit. And as soon as your spirit starts burning up your heart and starts crucifying your soul with the holy light and the holy oil and the holy fire, I mean, it's game over. It's only a matter of time before that fire gets strong enough to become a furnace through your whole region and you kick out mosaic sorcery, Freemasonry, liars, and all the thieves of the fallen angels in the realm of the dead, in the realm of sickness and disease, the realm of the law, out of your whole region and out of your whole country. I mean, that's really what the gospel is. Setting the prisoners free from Satan and his angels and everyone that's in partnership or covenant with the fallen angels, which are millions of people that sacrifice their own neighbors for personal financial gain and power and influence in the world system of Babylon the Great. Hallelujah. People that haven't learned to love, but you know what? There's a love revolution going on here, and there are more people that want to love than oppress and hate. It's true. The vast majority of people in our nations believe love is the answer. We just haven't burnt in the holy oil and the holy light, which is agape love, bright enough to remove the deception or the grave clothes or the veil from their eyes so that they could mirror that same love that you've received from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Charismatic Pharisees have blocked the path for almost everyone in the world from knowing what real Christianity is. Mirroring the Lord of glory through your soul with unveiled face. Not all charismatic ministers are Pharisees, but most are. Most are. Most are in it for business, marketing. Most of it make it... It's not the priesthood of heaven. It's not new covenant. Most of it's just business in Babylon. Babylonian business and they have all their marketing strategies they'll have all their statistics of how to reach the the biggest numbers of people they do all the advertising and they'll 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 so tweak their message so it's acceptable to the masses which is one of the greatest sins of all time to water down the gospel so it's acceptable to the masses to drink a watered down gospel that because the problem with that is it doesn't save anyone 
And it so dilutes the message of the gospel that when the real gospel comes around from the manifesting sons, they appear to be the devil. Have you noticed that? People that bring the strong meat and the strong wine of his presence and his word. I mean, that's why we're so persecuted in Babylon the Greatest, because these people have been drinking watered-down gospel. These people have been drinking sewer water. They've been drinking swamp water. You know, there's a gospel. Every fallen angel's got its own gospel. Every fallen angel is called a religious devil in Babylon the Great. And so you got all these different church buildings, and they got all these different gospels. How can your gospel be the only well? Well, first of all, if you start studying the scriptures, it's the only one Jesus preached. Every time he offered salvation, everywhere Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Revelation, it was a drink, with not a single exception of how you can be a save, be saved, except by drinking him, drinking his spirit. Obviously, it wasn't optional in the, the gospel of the Son of God. But most Christians make drinking optional. Like, that's just some fringe stuff, to be drunk on the glory, to be drunk on the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 says that's day one salvation stuff. How far have we fallen from grace? Acts chapter 2, they were drunk when they received the Spirit. And they stayed drunk. Because that's the anointing, the power of God. Foolishness to Greeks, stumbling block to Hebrews, but the power of God, the anointing. We are like drunken men because of the Lord, because of His Holy Word. Like men who have been overcome with wine. Jeremiah 23, verse 9, it is written, Be drunk, brothers and sisters. Song of Solomon 5.1 Be drunk with love. The ancients only had a grid for pleasure in alcohol. That's why Jesus described the Holy Spirit as new wine. Drugs, the drug of alcohol in the Bible. Well, obviously today we could talk about Jesus being the heroin of heaven. Jesus being the meth of heaven. Jesus being the marijuana, the Jehovah wana of heaven. Jesus being the Godka. Jesus being all of our drugs and alcohol. If Jesus Christ described the Holy Spirit as new wine, and wine is the drug of alcohol, there is no, nothing wrong with using the Holy Spirit in drug culture. I mean, it works. It's worked for me. I mean, I've, I've seen it work on a street level. I've seen it work. The only thing that blocks this revival of going wild is the rules and regulations of frickin' Pharisees in the charismatic church that says, you can't do that. That's dishonoring the Holy Spirit. No, it's not. It's getting them drunk on the Holy Spirit. You're just a Pharisee. You have mixture. I know you're not a total Pharisee, but you have some mixture of the seed of the Pharisees in your soul and in your heart so you don't allow the children to enter the kingdom, to have the freedom of their father, to frolic like lambs. It's all about freedom and abundant life. These people, even in their good intentions of their soul, the leaders of the charismatic church, have so infringed upon the freedom of the children of God worldwide that that's what's held back revival for so long, saying that you can't make the Holy Spirit your drugs and alcohol, and that's the reason for the drug epidemic, because they find no pleasure in God, and they still have to go into the world, even though every Christian was created to live in the pleasure of God, in Hebrew called Eden, to live in the river. The river of Eden that Adam and Eve lived in was the river of pleasure, the river of ecstasy. The river that Jesus entered called the joy. Enter the joy prepared for you. Heaven on earth, ecstasy, rapture, getting high, getting drunk is normal biblical salvation from Genesis to Revelation. It's not optional. If you're not high on Jesus, you're going to be on some counterfeit in the world. And that's what the religious spirit does. It blocks you from having all of your fountains in His holiness. 
It blocks you from having all of your satisfaction on Jesus so you still have other gods, other foxes, other flies in the world, other lovers. And that mixture is what has kept us so weak and powerless because if you go exclusively on Jesus Christ as your body's created to be the temple of the Holy Spirit only and no other spirit in the world, you will be the manifesting sons of God in no time at all. It's the mixture of one fly in the ointment that ruins the cologne, Scripture says. It's the mixture of one fox in the vineyard that you're not exclusively in the river of life and still have a couple other areas of your life that need to be cleaned up is why you're still weak, powerless, poor, needy, bewitched, clueless, blind. You clean those areas up and make them exclusively for His river of His presence and His power and His favor and His oil and His prosperity. You will be revealed as the sons of God, mirroring the exact image of God the Father in heaven with all His brightness. You will mirror the Father's brightness. Jesus Christ is called the morning star, Revelation 22, the bright morning star. He's the firstborn from amongst the dead. Everyone raised from the dead is a morning star. This is the race of morning stars. Satan has done everything he can to block Christians from knowing this realm of his glory, this realm of sonship, because it's this maturity that brings the whole world back into the kingdom of heaven's dominion. That's why he's fought sonship and the sons of God and the predestined foreordained sons of God more than any other people in the whole world. You haven't even known spiritual warfare so you get around Red Letter Ministries because that's the only thing we're commissioned by God to bring. Many sons of God into maturity to manifest the race of morning stars so you know who you are in confidence of the royal power of the royal priesthood of Melchizedek. That you are of the heavenly kind. That you are gods. Big G's, not little G's because if you got a little G in you, we'll cast it out. you got the big G in you. Equal to the Father, the Son of God, manifesting through in rivers of power. It's not blasphemy, it's scripture. And Satan has stolen your birthright in the false humility of the soul realm, telling people this is not the real gospel. It is the real gospel. Sonship is the only gospel. And unless the gospel or the meat and the bread and the wine that you're eating is raising your spirit up into manifesting the Son of God in power, you are not even eating the real gospel. You have settled for junk food in Babylon for too long. We've been weak and powerless and submissive to the cares and the fears in the world. No more. The fire of God will come forth through us in such power, it'll be unquenchable. Unquenchable fire, which means unquenchable confidence that no one can rob you of your birthright and steal your confidence with religious lies of the soul realm and put a cap or a cork in your wine bottle of your body. You're going to release so much new wine that every old wineskin of Sinai and the black cloud will burst into the lake of fire. And you'll start setting cities and nations free by the gospel of God. The new wine is for a new wineskin. What is the new wineskin? People have their opinions about it. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's the, the capless, infinite possibilities of the freedom and abundant life available for everyone who believes in Jesus Christ in the world. And it's going to go wild. And the dead are going to keep doing deceiving, distracting things because they're losing all their nations. They're losing 
all their money, they're losing all their power, they're losing all the hypnotism, they're losing the scales of Jezebel. The fallen angels are being systematically annihilated from the skylines of the earth cities by the manifestation of the sons of God that take the sky, the new heavens back by burning in the holy oil and the holy light of Jesus Christ in us. Christ in you. The hope of you realizing the glory so you can manifest sonship and take this world back from Satan and his angels now in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.